It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. So, I want you to start thinking about how you would answer these questions. What question would you ask God if God was in the room with you right now, in a physical sense? What do you want to be remembered for when you die? Do you believe that prayer can change the outcome of events? These aren't your average, do you want fries with your hamburger kind of questions. There's a book called This Little Book of Big Questions that says that if we learn to ask ourselves the right questions in life, that we will all start to feel a lot better about our so-called troubles. So we're gonna start doing that today. The first question is, if you were in a room with God, what question would you ask him, Tracy? With so many religions in the world, which one are we supposed to believe? That's the one thing you wanna know. <laughs> the question I would ask God, I would ask him, why did he make us humans with choice? Mm -hmm. I mean, cause since he already knows what is gonna be best for us anyway, just do that. Mm -hmm. Jill, what would you ask God? Well, I don't know that I would ask him a question. I would probably, stick out my hand and say, I'd like to shake your hand. I'm glad to meet you because I wasn't really sure that you existed. Really? You're agnostic? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And why aren't you sure? I believe in the human spirit. I believe we make things happen. Mm -hmm. I believe I'm the master of my own destiny, that I'm in charge of my life and nobody is planning my life for me. Mm -hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. I believe that too. I'm not sure that there is a God. Nobody can answer my questions when I say, what is God? But do you believe like in, if you don't call it God, because I really do think people get hung up on the whole God issue and whatever that force is, that whatever you want to call it, I don't think that it cares what it is called. If it, any power that is omnipotent, I say, isn't hung up on an ego question of what you call it. So could you believe in a force of nature, yes. a spirit, a power that, Somewhere there is, mm -hmm. in the color purple, you remember that book, mm -hmm. the movie? Alice Walker s describes that there's a rhythm to the universe. Could you believe in that? Yes. I believe more in nature and the power of love. Do you believe in love? Yes, Well, absolutely. then you believe in God. I'm sorry to tell you, you do. But I'm see, sorry. I don't call it. Why call it God? Well, you believe in God? Yeah. You believe yeah. And you know what? You don't have to call it God. I don't call and it God. And you don't have to call it God. And God does not care. You don't have to call it God, because if God is love, it does not matter what you call it. You are okay, sit down, you're no longer agnostic. 
No, really, you don't have to call it God. And I think that is why so many people are hung up and so many people feel like they cannot be in touch with their spirituality because they're hung up on traditional ways. We have been told mm -hmm. what God is. And, you know, I was raised Baptist, honey, which means, you know, we we're in the church all day and, you know, God is. And I was sitting in church. I was in my 20s and I was listening to the preacher talking about the Lord thy God is a jealous God. Yeah. And I started to think, mm -hmm. why? Right. Why would God be jealous of anything I could do or anybody else I know? So, yeah, get over that whole thing. Yeah. Okay? Your sisters believe differently. Is that true? Yes. You disagree. You do believe in God and you call it God. And that's okay, too. That's okay. Do you believe that prayer can change the outcome of events? Do you? Yes. Absolutely. You don't. Absolutely. You do. You will by the time I finish I, talking I, to you. You do. Okay. Don't. I'm not trying to convert, but I convert you too. I don't know. To believe in God. You already do. That's your opinion. Do you believe in the power of thought? Yes, I believe we can make. Would you change. believe in the power of thought? That thoughts carry energy into yes. the universe. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So, what is a thought? carrying itself, its energy into the universe, if it isn't your, like, heart's desire. What is prayer if it isn't, like, your heart's it, it desire? It is, but people say, God answered my prayers. No, you answered your prayers. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, what's the most important thing you have learned in life so far? Brian's gonna answer that question, Brian. The most important thing that I've learned is to value other people's lives as much as I value my own. Mm -hmm. Really? Where'd you get that lesson from, brah? It seems like people constantly subordinate others. Mm -hmm. And if we were to sort of rise above that and really value each person, every individual, I think it would make a huge difference. Do you believe angels can help people when they're in trouble? Paula and Mrs. Speck, do you believe angels? Yes, I do. We live in a tri-level house, and my mom was upstairs and couldn't breathe. And I was downstairs sleeping, and an angel woke me up and shook me and twice. It was like, Paula, Paula wake up. And I woke up in a panic and I ran upstairs. And what did like, the angel look like? I didn't see him. He just woke mm. me up, did mm -hmm. its job, woke me up. I ran upstairs and I was like, mother. And she was leaning on the edge of her bed and was like, it's time to call 911. And if the angel didn't wake me up, then she would have died. Okay. So it was definitely You, you believe angel. the same? She doesn't. No. Okay. I, I don't believe that angels wake you up. I think that is possibly intuition, mm -hmm. possibly observation, and I just don't accept the concept of angels. Okay, I have a story to tell you, and you tell me if this, and you too, Jill, <laughs> tell me if this is an angel or not. We did this show not too long ago about the kindness of strangers, and on this show, there was a gentleman, white gentleman, who said that he felt like compelled to go to this certain location to go fishing. I'll let him tell the story. Go ahead. I had a compulsion to walk to the Hermosa Beach Pier, and I didn't know why. I would, I'd be so upset. I'd be kicking trash cans. I'd stand out, out on the end of the pier and say, why am I here? I met Frank, and that, that feeling just left me. And the only time I needed to be there was when he was there. I was on dialysis at mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. My wife took me out there to kind of break this monotony, what was going mm -hmm. on. And he was standing over about four or five feet. I didn't pay any attention to him. And then he looked over my arm and he saw my shunt. And then all of a sudden, you know, he looked, he said, what would it do, what would it take for you to, to get away from this machine? I said, a kidney. On the next day, he called me up and said, Frank, I'll give you a kidney. Wow. And he said, give me the name of your doctor. Then the next thing we did, we went down there for the DNA and we matched up like brothers. That's amazing. That's amazing. What made you do that? 
I don't know. I think the grace of God just made me do it. It was destiny because I moved to Hermosa Beach, gave him a kidney, and then moved away from Hermosa Beach. He offered his kidney to a total stranger. Now, do you think that was just a nice guy? I think that was a very fortunate coincidence. I, I think it was good people rising to an occasion. Would you say that there's some kind of miracle something in that, though? Yes, I would. I think God works through people. I agree with Jill mm -hmm. that God works through people. The spirit of love mm -hmm. works through people. But you call it coincidence. No, I, as I said, I, I would go with the spirit of man and the goodness in people. Okay. Children at LaSalle Language Academy here in Chicago shared some of their thoughts with us. I will ask God um, how, how he does his magic. My daddy told me when God looks over um, a white person, he turns white, and when God is over a black person, he turns black or brown. Some guys can be in different places like Mexico, Tennessee, Illinois, um, Chicago, lots of different places. If I were in the room with God, I would ask him if, if he would let my grandpa live till my bar mitzvah. I don't know what God is, but I do know where he is. He's in our heart. Jonathan Robinson is a psychotherapist and the author of this book. It's a wonderful book if you want to get a great conversation going in your home, with your family, with your friends. It's called The Little Book of Big Questions. He says that within minutes after asking certain questions like the ones we're asking here today, people can start making more of a spiritual connection with their friends, their family, their loved ones, and ultimately with yourself. Because one of the problems in life is we go through asking all the wrong questions, isn't it? And if you get the right questions, the answers will come. Right, the wisdom of the universe is in a convenient location, like that little girl said, it's located in our heart. And if we ask the right questions, we can point us back to that, back to the love and peace that we really are all yearning for. Right, and that's really what, in, in spite of all the struggles for money and the superhighway and the houses and the cars, we're really just looking for that feeling, that connection, isn't it? Exactly. The bottom line is, that's it. And questions are a very practical and simple way of doing that. You don't need to meditate in a cave. You can just ask questions and get back to that heaven within in yourself. Start thinking about it. Joining me now are three people whose books about their own profound spiritual experiences have been worldwide bestsellers. All are here to tell us what they've learned about how ordinary folks can make powerful spiritual connections. Daniel Brinkley is the author of Saved by the Light and At Peace in the Light, his story of dying twice. He didn't even get it the first time, had that twice to get it. It's known as one of the most <laughs> remarkable cases ever documented. 20 years ago, Danyan was clinically dead for nearly 30 minutes after being struck by lightning. He was being taken to the morgue on a gurney when he says he came to life. 14 years later, he was again pronounced dead during open heart surgery. After that, he changed his life completely dying the second time, he completely changed his life. Sophie Burnham is the author of several best-selling books on angels, including A Book of Angels. That book describes how her life was saved by an angel who she says stopped her skiing out of control off a cliff. She also wrote the follow-up bestseller, Angel Letters. And she says angels are there to help us develop our inner self and reach our goals. They're not just pins to wear on your collar. And Betty Eady is the author of Embraced by the Light. Betty Eady's amazing story about dying during a routine hysterectomy, going to heaven, meeting God, then coming back to tell about it has been detailed here on this show and worldwide in her book. 
Betty says that her most important discoveries were secrets about life itself. And fortunately, Betty says, we don't have to die to learn those secrets. We don't? No, you don't. Is God hung up on what the things we're hung up on? Did Absolutely you see God over not. there? Yes, I did. I mean, I learned while I was there that we were his spiritual children and that we chose to come to this earth for this experience. But we are literally connected to him, connected to his divine love. He is within us just as our parents here on this earth are within ourselves. When you saw God, did you call him God? No. No, mm -hmm. and as you were saying earlier, it did not matter what his uh, name was. I thought of him uh, more like a parent, again, as my father. What's it like over there, Daniel? It's magnificent. It's the most deeply attaching nature of spirituality. What we really have to look at is that we are all basically powerful spiritual beings. We're not poor, pitiful humans trying to have a mystical experience. We're powerful and mighty spiritual beings having a human experience, and we're just trying to get good at it. We're just not good at it yet. Well, how come we can't get that? And how come we can't be reminded of that all the time? Because there's sometimes I'm in it. I'm in there, and I'm thinking, I'm a spiritual being. I'm a spiritual being. And then that human stuff starts to hit me. You lose sight of it sometimes, you know, because we are in the flesh. But isn't that at the point when you are learning? I mean, your greatest lessons are earned, bought, and paid for experiences. I know. Some days I don't through. want to learn nothing, that, though. No, we don't. Yeah. But you see, remember what this human ex experience is about. It's for our ability to come from that side. We're not from here. We're from there. To come from that side you to know here. this, oh, Daniel. Unequivocally. Macy's Mother's Day gift guide has the perfect gift to make mom feel special. Shop by price, like 25 and under to 100 and under. Category, like fragrance, handbags, and more. Or gift lists. Like for the mom who has everything. Gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted and for grandma. Get top gifts like Dolce & Gabbana Devotion, Eau de Parfum, Coach Floral Printed Leather Cassie Crossbody Bag, and Le Creuset Shallot Dutch Oven. Shop at Macy's.com slash The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Now, this woman just said Jill earlier was concerned because Jill was saying she believes when you die, that's it. Is it possible, uh, is it possible that some people die and that's it? They go back into the earth and that's it? Forget And then it. others don't. If you know what I know, and like Betty knows, you're so happy that you don't know what to do. I think the people who should be locked away are those who are trying to extend life to 150 years because I want this thing here to wear out as soon as possible and for me to get back to where I went those two times. That's so there's nothing to be afraid of with dying? Absolutely is not. Is there like a moment, is there like at least a hiccup where you go, oh, I'm dead? I'll tell you something, <laughs> in both experiences that I had, 
the last thing that I would think about was that I was dead. I was having too much of a good time exploring this new world I was entering. When you lift out of your body, you're surrounded by love. And everyone who has a near-death experience says this, but they don't really realize that they're feeling themselves again for the first time. And then you begin to have a true value of what you gave up to come to this earth life to help create this overall picture oh, for a spirit to evolve. That. I have to stop you on that one. To have a body is a very precious and joyful and wonderful thing, and we do a huge service by agreeing to come down mm -hmm. and I take agree. on the suffering of this world. Wasn't that the whole point of Jesus of, entering, the Jesus of the Spirit entering the flesh to show you? Yes, but it's also ours. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, we each one take on this thing. It's not just Jesus or something. No, it's we're all here as divine every beings human for being. this experience and to yeah. experience pain. We're here to experience everything on earth that will uh, create in us. You're, you're frowning because you don't think we're here to experience in pain? No. I believe that we come to work within a system and use a certain dynamic to evolve ourselves spiritually. If we know we're spiritual, and that within us is the power and the spiritual dynamic that we chose and were chosen to come here. And as we work this out, those things are not as significant as the overall spiritual growth of ourselves and what we're making happen. As we work these things mm -hmm. out, yeah, it's and the working that out is, that kind of gets us hung up, Daniel. <laughs> I can understand. <laughs> it's, it's the working it out. The working you out. might not. Now, the lady that got up, you heard the lady talking about angels and how she didn't believe in the concept of angels. What would you like to say about that? Well, I think that's all right. She doesn't have to believe in the concept of angels, and they don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> Some celebrities we've talked with about their profound spiritual experiences. Really? Put me here to play basketball. That's where I have my fun, my peace of mind. I came back because God, we, we've been praying on it, and we prayed on it a lot together. And um, he answered and said, go back, and that's what I'm doing. The only way that we can go from a tumultuous relationship to being each other's best friends, the only way I can go from having incurable disease that they tell me is going to kill me to being in complete remission, the only way that we really do anything in this life that's worthwhile is through love. If I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that uh, what we do on earth affects us after we die, I certainly would live my life differently. I've done a lot of things I shouldn't have done. I probably would treat everybody a lot better and be a lot nicer person. It won't make any difference if I flip some guy off on the freeway, but yet, It'll make tomorrow miserable for me. It doesn't make me feel any better at that moment, but I don't think it'll make any difference whether what happens to me for eternity. God made us all imperfect. Okay. How does what we do here on Earth affect us after we die, do you think, Daniel? What you have is, in the course of the near-death experience, you have the panoramic life review. For me, I started out my life as a basic jerk. And so as you have the panoramic life review, it means that there is a place as you make this transition that you will literally see your entire life pass before you in 360-degree panoramic life review. Even people you flipped off on the freeway? Oh, even those. I mean, <laughs> when you start out as a jerk, but the key is this, Oprah, you will literally become every person that you've ever encountered, and you will feel the direct results from your interaction between you and that person. My first life, I got to feel all the torment, pressure, all the aggravation, humiliation, and anxiety I'd put on so many people. Then when I had my second near-death experience, as I became a hospice volunteer, what happened was I got to become the people who I had helped in transition 
to know what it's like to walk into a room with a person that no one's been to see in 10 years as they're laying in a program waiting to die, and no one's come to see them in 10 years, and the joy on their face, to know that one day you're going to become that person and feel the direct results of your interaction between that person is what changed me. See, you and many others I've talked to say the same thing, and I think this is great, whether you want to call it God or not. In the Life Review, everybody who I've ever talked to or read about who crossed over to the other side says that the force of love is so strong, you can't even begin to describe it. There are not human words to describe it. And they all say that it's also so fair because everything you did, you then get to feel everybody, how you treated everybody, how you behaved and conducted yourself well, in this life. What that tells, I think that's pretty good for God to no, be that but What fair. it tells you is there is not only a life after death, it's a great and wondrous adventure. There is fairness, justice, and righteousness, which is something that we've all looked for in this human experience. But to know literally that there's a place that that exists, what I try to write about and talk about is the way at which people can take from the near-death experience, incorporate it into their lives every day, and begin to change and prepare and alter the way they're looking at themselves, knowing that this is going to happen. Okay. Now, well, a I'd lot like of people are concerned because they think you're glorifying death. So many people who are watching who are in trouble right now. Yeah. I don't want them to listen to you and think, oh, it's so great over there on the other side, because the reason why you're here as a human being is to work out your stuff, That's honey. Right. That's work right. out your stuff and to learn the lessons so that you can I believe evolve that, to the next level. I believe level. what we're doing is glorifying <laughs> life. I'm trying to give people the advantage of having to learn what, what goes on when you leave this world so that they can incorporate it in their life and move closer to spirituality. But I think at the root of everybody's life, as we are so hurriedly racing through it, just trying to get through and trying to survive, is that we are all trying to connect to that feeling of love and fulfillment. How do you believe, Sophie, we can begin to experience miracles on a daily basis? The basic thing is that you have to be still. You have to have a few minutes during the day where you take a walk or where you meditate, something that is very quiet, very stilling, and you stop the thinking mind. And when you stop the thinking mind, it flips off into another part of the brain, believe it or not, and whammo, you've got it. You've got that sense of absolute transcendent peace. But what about those people who feel like they're really good, but all this stuff is always happening to them? They're really good. The things that come in our, into our lives, in fact, when you find that someone is having a particular a difficult time in their life, that these people are graduating. You know, Maya Angelou says to me, what you do when the trials come, you thank God then. You thank whatever force you, exactly you, 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 you call God. You thank point. God then because your faith is so strong that you know all it is is a little test and that you are going to graduate. And the and more the test part of it is... looking to put miracles and quality in their life mm -hmm. and how they should do it, then do a good deed. Look to how to help someone because one day you're going to feel the direct results of your interaction of helping that person. If you know that, then it becomes systematic. If I died tomorrow... I think I would regret not telling my mom and my dad how much I love them. I would definitely regret not having a baby. I don't think I would regret anything. Or maybe one thing, not spending enough time with my oldest son. He was killed last year. 
Yes, Brian, your question was. My question was just that what if you don't have a near-death experience? I mean, how do you make the transition into a more spiritual person, you know, productive member well, of society? I think that's what I was talking about, that you have to take some time to be still with yourself and meditate. Mm -hmm. Learn to meditate and be quiet. And second, to and take it doesn't take long, 15 minutes a day. Yeah. But how does that help you when then, you're in the actual experience? Will, okay, I'll we'll tell you in a minute. Go ahead. What you do is if you're going to leave this world and you're going to go through a panoramic life review, then at the end of each day, have one. Think back through every person, and if you were that person, how you would have reacted to that person or felt their reaction to you. And you'll be amazed at the next morning as you go out in your life, how you, when you're talking to someone, you become cognitively aware of how they will receive what you're saying. You're not only beginning to affect your life after this one, which you would truly have, you're beginning to bring that life and that world over here to I operate. Have to, I have to interrupt and say also that prayer is helps that prayer right. is a very, prayer. very important Absolutely. You have to ask. You I have will to say ask this too. and you have to be able to receive. When you have gotten the prayer, notice it and say thank you. This is what I found. The way to have a better life is to appreciate the life you have right now, wherever you are. In this second. In this moment. In this That's second. how you do it. I swear to you, that is how you do it. And I started doing something just this year, just as a part of the discipline, because I'm a person who's bombarded by so much stuff and so many things and so many people that I started to feel that if I don't hold myself in the center, mm -hmm. then I can lose sight of who I am and be defined by all the stuff. So at the end of every day, now I keep like, I've always kept a journal. I keep what I call a gratitude journal mm -hmm. where I just list at the end of every day, and it takes just a little few moments at the end of the day, the things that I'm most thankful for. Counting right. your blessings, a part of a panoramic life review yeah. to count your blessings. That's great. Right. But isn't that what the journey is all about exactly. here? Isn't that what you yeah. were saying too, Sophie, That's that it really is? But you were talking about Dante. Being, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was saying that when Dante goes to paradise in the Divine Comedy and he sees God, he finally gets up to see, asking to see the face of God, and he's given this, he and he sees mm -hmm. himself. What he sees is his own face. Because we are co-creators. People always think you're being sacrilegious. It just means you're given choice. So in every day, you have the opportunity to make choices that determine your destiny. create the world that you live in or make the world better that you live in. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Solitude has brought me a lot of joy lately, too. Just uh, the silence of being alone and the calmness and peace that I've only recently begun to achieve for myself. used to be a much more social animal than I, I think I am now. The panel has been discussing the spirituality and the forces of God, but I also believe that there are two forces that are here with us, that we do have our God that we can depend on, but there's also a power of darkness that we do need to be aware of. 
And, and that's you, where the choice begins. Do you begin. believe that, and that you can choose between one or the other? Most absolute definitely. Yeah. Now, we have given that choice. Now, Marianne uh, Williamson says in her book, Return to Love, that we're always walking in the direction of one or the other, that all of your actions in life, either you're moving toward the darkness or you're moving toward the light. That's right. She calls it fear and love. There's this wonderful book called Ishmael by Daniel Quinn. It talks about one of the points it brings out is one of the mistakes that human beings make is believing that there is only one way to live That's and right. that we don't accept that there are diverse ways of being in the world that there are millions of ways to be then a human how do being we please and, God? and many ways no but many paths many to what you call God that and is her pleasing. path might be something else and when she gets there she might call it the light but her loving and her kindness and her generosity, if it brings her to the same point that it brings you, it doesn't matter whether she called it God along the way or not. And I guess the danger that could be on that, I mean, it's, it sounds great on the onset, but if you really look at both sides, I there could be couldn't possibly be just one way. There is one way and only one way, and there that is through be. Jesus. There couldn't possibly be with because a million people in the world. Because you say there isn't. There couldn't possibly be. Because you say, you intellectualize it and say there isn't. If no. you don't believe that, you're all buying into the lie. But that makes you right. Do you think, do you think that if you, if you are somewhere on the planet... Where if you're, some, if you're somewhere on the planet and you never hear the name of Jesus, you never hear the name of Jesus, but yet you live with a loving heart, you lived as Jesus would have had you to live, you lived for the same purpose that Jesus came to the planet to teach us all, but you are in some remote part of the earth and you never heard the name of Jesus. You cannot get to heaven, you think? And that is covered in the scriptures, too. The People heart. are talked about Truly. that. God knows the heart. Does God care about your heart or God care about if you call his son Jesus? Well, you know... Oprah, Jesus cannot come back until that gospel is preached in the four corners of this earth. So, you know, figure it out. Okay, okay, I can't get into a religious argument with you. It's not religion, Oprah. I can't get into a religious argument with you, Jonathan. It's not religion. In the Bible, it says the important thing is to love God and love each other. Right. And the question is, how can we get back to our center? And there's questions that help us to stay back on center like a trusted friend that we can ask every day, how can I serve, how can I love? And those are the most important questions. Right, so if questions. Jill is asking the question in her life, which is one of the things she's concerned about going back to community for, she's asking the questions, how can I serve, how can I love, which is what Jesus came to the planet and asked us to do. But she doesn't use the name Jesus. And there's no problem with that as far as I'm concerned. I measure people You're by saying how there's well a they love, that, how well they feel peace, how much glory yeah. they no, give in I'm their life. No, I'm talking about how people, what people do with their hearts and how much they love. That's how you people, that's how we see it. We aren't listening to God. We're listening to us. Do you argue that God would, doesn't want us just to love each other as we oh, would? Oh, no, no, no. I would never argue that at all. That's love God as God first and then love each other second. That's absolutely what he said. But I'm saying, are you going to hang her up because she doesn't use I'm the not, name God I or Jesus? I will embrace her and love her, but God probably is going to, Oprah. <laughs> that's why I don't believe Read God. his word. Read See, his that's why word. she said. Okay. I say that there's a difference between religion and spirituality, Absolutely. and we're, we're confusing the two. Absolutely. Religion is what we build up after you have a spiritual experience of some sort, after you have had some image of the divine. Religion is a structure that absolutely restrains and keeps the spirit back. The greatest sin that is created here on earth, and I was told this by God, if you can believe that I experienced God, that in that is fear and guilt. 
because Satan or negativity will bind you to it and it will keep you from progressing, keep you from going on, and keep you from learning about God. And it's a control. I know, it's but a see, control. see, this is interesting. As you said this, this man just said, but that's not one of the seven sins. But fear is the root of all the sins. The all is. sins are the result of, of fear. The fear yes. of what happens in the afterlife well, what creates those fear, fear psychologies. Yeah. What about Satan? Well, the biggest trick Satan pulled off on his universe was convincing the universe that he didn't exist. And he's still tricking people to this day. We all know that darkness exists. We know that. We know that. And we have the choice what between. About forgiveness? That is the key that and the most important that part is, of spiritual growth. That's to the, learn key to is the, the key to love. The key to unlock and get thing. rid of any of this is love. We don't ask God to forgive us when we do wrong. I think the biggest well, sin is pride. We need to forgive ourselves. Well, I'm first. not going to get into an argument <laughs> over what the biggest sin is. I'm not going to do that. Let's get back to your question. The question is if you weren't inhibited by fear and then. When you use the word fear, people say things like, oh, it's the unknown. What we're trying to convey here is that for every dark emotion, feeling, dark experience in the world, the root of that is always fear. You look at jealousy in your life. You look at your inability to move forward because your fear of confrontation. You look at every problem that exists in the world. If you break the problem down, it comes back to Fear. Would you agree with that? I'm not talking about afraid to go out into the world, afraid to leave your home and so forth. We're talking about that kind of fear. Right, Betty? Absolutely, that kind of fear. And I was told that that kind of fear will keep us from God. Allowing the Spirit of exactly. God to come through you. Allow the Spirit of the God and the light to uh, come into you and the light will chase out all darkness which the darkness and the fear with it, it, that lies within us, and then we can expand and so, go on. And so all the darkness is a result of people being afraid. Afraid. They're uh, afraid. Okay, and your fear, fear is what? Is I think my biggest fear is of other people. I think everyone has all these, why everyone's arguing so much today is they're afraid that other people aren't going to agree with them mm -hmm. or that their opinions are going to affect other people in an adverse way. I think we need to quit fearing each other and start yeah. communicating. Kathy was telling me about, you know, being new age, and I would like to say this, go on record. I am not new age anything, and I resent being called that. I am just trying to open a door so that people can see themselves more clearly and through seeing themselves can perhaps see the light that gets them to God, whatever you wish to call that. I don't see the spirits in the trees. I'm not, I don't sit in a room with crystals. I don't see the spirits in the air. No, there is a difference. Yeah. When, when you embrace some of this stuff, this, this angel stuff, that, now you guys gave the angels all the power. God gave the angels the no power to be with us. No one, okay. I have never go given ahead, the Sophie, angels all the power. Okay. I will tell you no. that the angels lead you to something else, to God, and as we call it. But it is like so impossible to understand God. It some is so limitless that, that you no need a mediator. Let Sophie finish. God, so they need angels. Yeah, let and Sophie finish that. No, because well, it isn't that you just need yeah. angels. Also, they're well, there. It's, it's I think that what we're on. I'm trying to get across to people as going through these two experiences and being with literally a hundred people going through this experience, that the quality of this life, that there is a spiritual system by which we leave this world and how we come here, and that comes from God, the greatness of God. Isn't so the point how to live a better life as I'm a human being, how to be in touch with the spiritual part of yourself as a human being? That's that right. is what I try to That's do right. every day on this show through every example, whether it's anorexia or, 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 or child abuse or whatever we're talking about today, is to open the door so you can see that.
There's something else I want to say. I think that everybody is different, and each person's experience yeah, so. of God is different, and we must respect that. To That's someone who sees God as Jesus, that is very precious, very sacred, very holy, very real. Another person sees God as Buddha, and we must absolutely respect each person's entry into God. It's like the spokes of a wheel. The center of the wheel is God, and there are many paths all leading to that center. That's what I've been trying to say, but it's the Jesus in us that that's what I absolutely agree if you think that the Jesus that in us is bigger than the word it's not you and me we don't have the control I, I, I think we're I just talking Jesus and I, I know I don't want to go I don't want to sit here to and not Jesus. let anyone know that Jesus isn't in my life I love Jesus don't tell because me I Jesus touch Jesus. Is a, yeah don't talk about name. Jesus don't try to talk about Jesus I was embraced by Jesus yeah and so I can't deny him. Jesus exists for me. And it was told to me during my experience that anything that keeps you from God is a sin and it's not good. And that can be religion, that can be other people, that can be anything. Yeah, that could be but eventually, even after death, that we are going to continue in growth until we learn, and this is where my experience with Jesus comes in, that Jesus is the Son of God. We're going to come to that after um, we've died, no matter what we did in our lives, no matter if we were agnostic, no matter pagan, what, do we all go to heaven? Do we all get to go to heaven? We, Who goes to heaven? We hell? begin the early, the early processes a, it's that a, a person a goes through is that. But remember, Jesus was the Christ. When you hear the term Jesus, Jesus the Christ. I find the it Christ is a to Greek, talk only about Jesus. The Christ there are consciousness and is loving that self, many, loving many, that neighbor as ourselves and doing the others and have others do it. I am not interested in creating a spiritual matter as a religion, and I think it is wrong for us to speak speaking in terms of religion rather than in terms of spirituality. So what you're saying is there's one God, but he created Buddhas well, and right. all right. trying to he be He gave neutral. everybody You've made thing. your point. Absolutely. You have made your point. Why would he do that? Being a Christian, I've been so patient. It is. I agree with you. But no, but listen, why wouldn't he do that? Why would he do that? But why wouldn't he do that? Because he knows there's such diversity in the world. Why wouldn't he do that? Yes, ma'am. Old Testament and New Testament says this. You love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's your whole being. You love your neighbor as yourself. That's what Jesus stood for. That's in the New Testament. That's in the Old Testament. But it's what all the religions say that. And what but all you, the other religions say that. Many religions say that. Every religion says that. mind and strength and your neighbor is yourself. Tell her, please, Sophie. Every religion <laughs> says that. Every religion me. says this. Every okay, religion. Okay, you tell me. What, what religion matter. says that? I want to know. The Sanctuary. Buddhist. Buddha, Hindu. Epic of Gilgamesh. Every religion. Hindu. Some that predate Christianity. Religion that predate Christianity about 10,000 years still doing it. It's easy and the burden is light. Why do we make things, why do we complicate things by focusing on separations about Religions. what religion is when, if we love each other, that's really doing a, a great thing and adding to, to the good in life and stuff like that and not judging each other. You said right. Right. That's right. I said, I said, it's just all about love. Receive the love from God and you can spread it to everyone else. That's right. And that's knowing it. that that's where it comes from. That's where it, it comes is God. From. God know is that love. that's where the God source of it is, right. and they're just the systems by which we apply that's it in right. everyday and life. Religions were just 
separating each other, fighting, arguing. There's no right or wrong. It's Religion's created by man, by yes. Man. The sisters, you all have been able to do something that we have not done in this we audience. I to say, despite <laughs> our differences in beliefs, the key is that we respect each other. And I love what Sophie said. If this woman over here would respect me, I get respect for my sisters and I respect their beliefs. We and that's such a huge part of, of it. Each other. It's love. Like Judge not that you can do that. Well, I will tell you this. I told you if you got that little book of big questions, you could start some stuff in your house. Thank you very much, Jonathan, and all of you for being here. Thank you very much. It's been interesting. Interesting, thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.